Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One. Mark Daly, Mark Hamilton, and the host of the TSN Racing Pod, our good friend Tim Harini. Boys, how's it going? Yeah, doing good. Thanks very much for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, well, I, we always have a good time when we're together, boys. Exactly. Looking forward <laughs> to, to this one. Uh, Mark's been, got a big smile. and He's all excited. He's ready to go and celebrate. I'm, I'm excited. You. We, we don't get Tim on as often as we would like. And every single time we do, the feedback is fantastic. But just like we were saying before we started recording, the offseason has come and gone. Crazy. Drive to Survive is Crazy. upon us, which means only one thing, which is the first Grand Prix right around the corner. But before we get to that, I think we've got some other stuff we want to talk about. Well, yeah, you want to uh, promote our our, uh, our fantasy league, which, you know, I, I think it's like <laughs> down to like the it's it's like two minutes to midnight and I still haven't signed up. So I better do that real quick. Come well, on, man. <laughs> you tell the folks at home where to sign up and then maybe I'll get my act together as well. One of well, these days. to be fair, we're not the only ones here promoting an F1 fantasy league. So if you are interested in joining, we We've got 1,800 entries so far. You can enter That's up awesome. to three teams. Um, but uh, it's available via our F1 Twitter uh, stream. So if you're interested, just find us on Twitter. You can find us there. Slide me a DM. I'll send you the link. It closes on the 18th. So if you are interested in joining F1 Fantasy, you got to join right away. Tim, I noticed as well, you're promoting an F1 Fantasy League and you've already announced your prizes, which is really yeah. cool because I, I keep promising <laughs> that we've got something in the works, but you've got prizes ready to go. Yeah, I did a deal with uh, Shop Canada and um, head on over to their site, shopcanada.ca. Check out uh, shopcanada.com. Oh my God, I'm a terrible, <laughs> I'm a terrible promo. Oh my God, boys, this is terrible. Uh, but you know, they were nice enough to do a deal with me. And so they're going to uh, provide the winner with um, either, well, this is the winner's choice, either the die cast model of the RB16B or nice. the 2019 nice. championship winning uh, Mercedes uh, with Lewis Hamilton's number on it. Nice. So nice. yeah, they're really cool, man. I've, I've seen them and um, yeah, I got to thank Shop Race Canada for that one. But dude, I don't have 1,800 people in Moscow, <laughs> so maybe we should partner. We should just Merge. combine our forces and we should just do like a mega fantasy. What do you think? That would be, we I, should. I think we, we would should. be open to that. But but yeah, first definitely. of all, slide, slide me a DM and we'll work on that. But okay, but first cool. of all, Tim, you know, in this age of like uh, accountability and trans uh, transparency, I think we should go through and forensically check out this uh, league and see how many people that have entered do not have the name <laughs> Hamilton. You know, I just, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of them are Mark's relatives. So let, let's just yes, uh, leave oh, it at man. that. But guys, we're we're here today. We're we're not here to talk about the the, the season, which is going to get going literally in a couple of days, which is which is so exciting. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. 
but we're, we've, we we sat down like everybody else over the past uh, weekend and binge season four of Drive to Survive on Netflix. So th- this is basically our reaction uh, to it. We, we've kind of been messaging back and forth, but we haven't really dived into it offline too much. So so this is the first time we get to sit around the table here, you know, figuratively speaking, and, and talk about the show. I mean, again, four seasons in, each one's uh, been obviously like the seasons they represent completely new or sorry, different and unique. And I have to say that in general, I thought it was pretty good, but not quite as intense as the whole season because they basically took 10 out. They distilled an entire Formula One World Championship down into 10 hours, which is still a hell of a lot of content. And the entire season was so intense. And I thought, well, because it was such a slow burn from Bahrain all the way to Yas and all the drama in between. But in general, I thought they did a pretty good job. What what do you guys think, Uh, Tim? Yeah, I thought it, it was it was decent. You know, I think there's been other seasons that I enjoyed uh, a little bit more. And, you know, we'll get into the particulars of it once we start hammering through things here. But I I appreciate, you know, what those producers have to go through just to get just to get the product onto the television screen, because right. it's not it's not easy. And I think for Drive to Survive, you know, I don't think enough gets said about the production quality like i know they're not filming every single thing and they borrow video from other resources and other sources but the sound quality the sound design the editing you know that's all them and it it's pretty spectacular hammy i i don't know what you think about it but i i really like it yeah yeah i'm so glad you brought that up because one of the big bullet points that i had written down here was visual presentation. It was spectacular. And, you know, we're sitting there, we're watching on Netflix on our tablet or a big screen TV or a phone, but we're watching it in glorious color graded 4k. They're applying beautiful filters. The footage is fantastic. And it's actually going to be a challenge now for, for TSN and ESPN and even the F1 TV pro app that, Hey, we're going to be going back to this and it's going to be 720 P (laughs) 1080i live footage. It's going to be difficult for the actual live broadcast to compare because it was absolutely visually stunning. And I think for that reason, you know, to your point, maybe it wasn't the best of the four seasons that we've had so far, but it went down so easy just because it was so beautiful, whether it was a scene of Yuki running up a hill in the back country of Italy, or whether it was Charles Leclerc on track, it was, it was just very easy to digest. And you're absolutely right that box to box films and Netflix deserve all the credit in the world for the visual. And to your point, the audio presentation of this mm-hmm. was yeah. fantastic. Well, you know, when I, when I watch it, I sit down, watch on the TV. I don't want to watch on my, my iPad or my iPhone, but I sit down, put the headphones on and it brings you right in. And with the, the, that, those amazing 4K pictures, it is just, it, it draws you in like uh, nothing else. But yeah, you know, I, the, the one thing I like too about the production is that you have 10 episodes. Each, each season has been more or less uh, the same, but I love how they start with the beginning of the year and they end up at the very end of the year, but they they manage to pull on these different threads and they kind of carry them across multiple episodes and introduce different stories at different times. And I couldn't help but thinking, especially knowing what a dramatic season it was last year, how clever that is, is to to be able to tell these multiple storylines and, and carry it across like that. To me, that's just as impressive as the overall audio and visual uh, presentation. Tim? Yeah, and this is where I think, you know, we kind of, in, in my, and this is, you know, some criticism here for the for the series for sure i I think and how you go about doing some of these episodes they seem to cram like 
a lot Mm -hmm. into it where they have this compelling storyline with one um, individual and then they don't continue with it and really draw out and squeeze the juice out of that story until the end. Like Daniel Ricardo's story throughout the this 2021 season you know he was sad like there's a sad daniel ricardo that we saw and the performances that he put up let's face it guys it wasn't good he did not have a good season even though he did score that win at monza like he just didn't really have like a great season you know even talked about how much he missed his parents he hadn't Mm -hmm. seen them in almost two years um and most recently, just trying to go for him to just try to go back to Australia to see them in December for Christmas. He was uh, staring up at a the roof of a ceiling for for 10 to 14 days, stuck in stuck in isolation in Australia just so he could go see his family. And it's kind of like, you know, there's a lot of meat on that bone. And it's yeah. kind of like they introduced a bit of it. And it's kind of like and then they jumped to Lando Norris. And then all of a sudden they jumped to like Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. And it's kind of like. I don't really care. Like, that's not like, this is more of, this is more of a story here. They got, you got a story here. You need to kind of need to draw that out. And so for me, I would say, you know, that's one of the biggest criticisms I found with, with this season. Yeah. Mark, what about you? Like they obviously had a lot of work to do to take such uh, an event filled season and condense it down. You know, if 10 to 12 hours of content is condensing anything, but you know, th- there was a lot of uh, big story. I mean, Tim just really nicely, you know, explained uh, like what they could have done with Danny Rick, but in general, I mean, they had a lot of work to do to basically summarize that, that very complex season and all those storylines and keep people engaged and happy uh, when it, when it comes to 2021 what do you think did they pull it off did they fall short of the mark whereabouts do you, do you think this one landed i think i think it's a fair question and and one of my friends was messaging me last friday and and her point was hey you know what this this program has helped remind me why i love formula one and i think sure. we'll get to this but last season ended on such a, a bitter note and all of the off season was mired in these really combative fields of battle on Twitter and the different social media platforms that it was good to kind of use this to kind of detox and refresh and wash all of that away. So I I enjoyed the series, but I think that it's going to be tough for Netflix and box to box films that they're never going to be able to satisfy any, everybody, right? You have 10 episodes and some of them are as short as 27 minutes. And as much as I would have loved to have learned more about Daniel Ricardo's season, Mm -hmm. they didn't even touch on Aston Martin, how many did, did they even utter the words Aston Martin or Sebastian or Vettel or Lance Alpha Romeo? Yep, <laughs> Alpha Romeo, absolutely. Kimi Raikkonen's last season. There were so many pieces, and again, this isn't necessarily a criticism, but they have a certain amount of time, and I just. I would love for them to release this as a box set with all of the unused footage, because I guarantee you that for every minute of footage they broadcast, they probably had three or four or five minutes of polished footage. And probably the hardest part for them wasn't even going out and shooting this and recording it. It was in the cutting room when they're making decisions about what stays and what goes. But again, I would love to have seen more of Daniel Ricardo, but I would love to have them dug into the Aston Martin piece. Like at what point did, during the season did Aston Martin decide, hey, 2021's a write-off, we're going to go 
fully into the 2022. And we saw so much of Lawrence Stroll last season yep. talking about building this big enterprise. I would love to have known what his reaction would have been as this season went off the rails a little bit in their first year with Sebastian Vettel wasn't great. And Sebastian Vettel lost a podium. Like there's so many more pieces. Again, it's not a criticism, but you're right. It's a complex season with 10 teams and 20 drivers and 22 races. You're never going to satisfy everybody. Well, here's a, this is just a point that like, so if you go to episode three, which was called tipping point. So you start episode three, we're at like the Horner's family, right? We're, we're at their house. We're with the, we're with, we're with Christian Horner and his wife and his kids. And then it switches up and it goes to total wolf. Right. And his, you've got his family. You've got Susie Wolf, who's there, who's badass, by the way. Oh, totally. She's awesome. Yeah. And then you kind of have this great, interesting little, uh, not foreshadowing, but you've got this great little segment where you're showing the two differing personalities between Christian Horner and Total Wolf and how they kind of like a certain thing a certain way, where it's like, Christian Horner wants them to go around the yachts. Total Wolf wants them to go through the yachts so he can get there faster. So he can, you know, keep keep himself on time. Where Christian's a little bit different in that in that sense. And you're kind of like starting to really dig into these two key personalities. And you you've got me hooked. And then all of a sudden, here comes Ferrari out of nowhere. And it's like, wait, wait a second. We already talked about Ferrari in, in the last episode, you know, Ferrari kind of shoehorn their way into that Daniel Ricardo <laughs> McLaren story. And now they're now they're shoehorned. Uh, now you're getting that again into this story. And I'm kind of like, it kind of breaks it up for me where I'm just like, Oh, I was kind of like, I was kind of digging that vibe with like Christian and Toto and what you were telling me there. And I kind of wanted to learn more and kind of wanted to see where this went. And, you know, maybe we learn a little bit more about Total Wolf's backstory, maybe things that we don't, don't already know. Right. And it's just little things like that, that I was, that I'm mentioning that kind of just break up the atmosphere for me where I'm kind of starting to get into it and then it's gone. So it's just like, I think they've got the recipe for a lot of really great things here. It's just for some of these episodes, I just wish they would just stick, just stick with the one thing. Because if you go back to like, if you go back to the beginning, you go back to episode one, which is awesome, by the way. And it's incredible. It's credit. It's incredibly produced. It's one of my favorite episodes in season four. Uh, the, 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 the edit with Lewis Hamilton coming in for a pit stop in Bahrain and how they like cut edit all of that around the entire car as he's getting a pit stop change. It was incredible. It was, it was yeah. remarkable television. I loved it. And I kind of liked how they started to build up the rivalry between Lewis and, and Max. And I'm hope, sitting there hoping, okay, next episode, we got to talk more about Lewis and Max. Like you could make this whole season about Lewis and Max. And then all of a sudden we've got Lando golfing. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't, like I don't care about Lando golfing guys. Like I don't like, they didn't even talk about anything when he was on the golf I know it's kind of funny the way they sort of like uh, drop some of these things in there, like the the the, the moment when Yuki telling his masseur that he has got to go for a poo, and then he comes back and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, just, it, it is kind of like I just want to interject real sure, quick on that comment because Tim just made a great comment about Susie Wolf. Um, yep. One of the our great friends of the show, Vincenzo Landino, actually tweeted this out on March 11th. He said, when you watch Drive to Survive, I want you to fully understand that this woman absolutely steals the show. The best decision was to get her on screen and talking about what's going on from a behind-the-scenes perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, Susie Wolf, he had a couple screenshots. 50 200 likes on that tweet. So, yep. Tim, you absolutely nailed the pulse of the F1 community with that comment about Susie. Yeah, she's awesome. I mean, I think... I think we need it. And again, like another personality who I think we 
needed more of. Susie Wolf yes. is a team, yes. you know, she's a team principal, right? Yep. She knows her stuff, former driver. She knows what she's doing. Yep. And her and Total Wolf and that relationship and that dynamic, like I would like to learn more about it. How does it work, right? How does this work, guys? Because you've got Total Wolf, who's this, you know, strong, uh, sophisticated personality. And then you've got the same in like Susie Wolf. Like, how do they make that work? I want to know it. How did they meet? Like, I yep. want to know those stories, right? I, like, it's kind of, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I was just going to say, as we go to, just more to a it. break here, uh, Tim, that uh, even though I don't necessarily move in these uh, sorts of circles, but if I'm at a cocktail party and I come face to face with Total Wolf and Susie Wolf <laughs> side by side, that's a pretty intimidating F1 power couple. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'll be uh, full disclosure here. I, I'm probably, you know, shaking in my boots, but uh, anyhow, guys, uh, time for a quick break we'll be back in uh, just a moment we'll pick it up on the other side so don't go away passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. Mark, Mark, and Tim Haraney here talking about uh, the latest drop of uh, Drive to Survive. We were just talking uh, before we went to break about uh, Total Wolf and Susie Wolf and what a great addition to uh, season four that uh, she was. I thought it was also interesting how we, we saw a lot more of Yuki Sonoda. Well, not a lot more. We saw a lot of Yuki Sonoda. He's an interesting personality as well. Uh, we saw probably a little bit more of Nikita Mazepin that I really wanted to see. and That not, has not aged well. That has not aged well. Um, also, probably Gunther's uh, off-the-cuff uh, remark about uh, Dimitri Mazepin. Ah, he's not an oligarch. He's just a fertilizer <laughs> guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that one, that was cringeworthy as soon as I saw that one. I'm just like, ooh, Gunther probably thinks, you know completely in a different context six months ago right but uh yeah i mean it was interesting some of the the the, the different uh, people that they um that they introduced uh, this year but you know tim you you really mentioned it or was it mark i mean we're just uh, talking about the distinct lack of uh anything aston martin we had a couple of clips of seb uh, maybe a couple of lance i don't know i don't i don't think lawrence got any mic time i mean after they featured so heavily uh last year i mean it was uh i mean it is what it is but i mean the the obvious personality that was missing the most was the the world champion himself max i mean he's uh, you know made no bones about it he said uh, right from well from a very long time that 
He thinks it's a, it's a little bit too much, too much embellishment in the series. So we were, you know, deprived of those sort of personal insights. But I mean, when they get sort of clips of these drivers, I mean, even like Lewis, it's sort of like here and there, it's 10 seconds, 20 seconds. It, it's not like Lewis is sitting down and delivering this 15 minute monologue or, you know, this complete, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, dissection of the entire race or something like that. So I think for me, it's a bit of um, a missed opportunity for, for, for Max Verstappen. Hammy, what do you think? Yeah, I very much, I, I'm torn because I, I would like to think that he has the, he has the supporting cast around him that would recognize the opportunity that exists by being a part of this. But ultimately, I don't think it matters to his brand. And you also can't argue with the decision, given the fact that he won the Drivers World Championship. I'm not, I don't think there's going to be any moment in his life where he's going to sit back and think, I should have participated in that. He's he's a World Drivers Champion, and he has all the sponsorship money that he can shovel with a gold-plated shovel at this point, right? Like, he's yeah. not short on adulation within the fan base. He has an entire country, an entire continent backing him. I, I kind of get it. Now, I think for the, the sake of the sport, it would have been nice because I think the byproduct of him not participating meant that we got an awful lot of Christian Horner. We got an awful <laughs> lot of Christian Horner. And I would love to have, I would love to have cut back on that a little bit and, and got a little bit more of Max, just like we saw with Toto and Lewis, right? That it was kind of this balanced perspective for Mercedes. We're going to hear a little bit from Lewis. We're going to hear a little bit from Toto. We're going to hear a little bit from Susie. But in the Red Bull world, we didn't hear from Marco. And that's probably a good thing because I don't know that any of us would have necessarily wanted to hear his opinion on this program. But as a byproduct of the fact that Max didn't participate, we got an awful lot of Christian. But I also don't think it matters to his brand. I don't think it matters to his fans. And he's never going to regret it because he won the World Drivers Championship by being able to focus on his craft. Yeah, I felt like it was just missing him, though. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it I, just I agree. Felt like, I totally agree. It felt like we didn't get sort of his side of the stories you know it's just we got christian horner's side of the stories we got lots of yeah, those. Got a lot of those yeah <laughs> yeah we just didn't get max's side of the story and yeah. that's something that i felt that was really lacking especially as you kind of get further towards the end of Great season point. four where I, I think you actually really do you do need max at that point because lewis wasn't talking to anybody like it, mm -hmm. it was it was total wolf and total wolf alone and we, i remember I remember it uh, quite vividly, actually, it was three days had passed since the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. It's 530 in the morning and I'm on a Zoom call with with Total Wolf and he's just laying down facts for 33 minutes. And it was compelling stuff that he was he was giving us. And it was kind of like, wow, this is this is really good. I'm like, you know. Drive to Survive is going to have a lot of good stuff right here. They didn't use any of it. Yep. I thought they would have. It, it was really good stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah, again, right? Like it was. We got we got Toto. We got Christian. We got a bit of Lewis, but we didn't actually. We didn't. I don't think we got enough. I think we should have needed. We should have gotten more. But again, then maybe you guys can answer this. How do you convince them to do more, and how do you convince them to do it? Yeah, exactly. It's easy to say in retrospect, and it's it's kind of hard, you know, because obviously these interviews are done over the length and width of the entire season, and who who was to predict that it would have turned out the way that it was? But you know, let, let's talk about this now. Let, let's uh, let's steer it in that direction. So, 
um, was there anything that really surprised you that was uh, came out that was disclosed over the course of the season? And then, you know, Tim, you sort of really hinted at it there, or didn't hint at it. You told us about that uh, Zoom call with Toto after the season. That final episode, they didn't they didn't address the aftermath of it. They they basically decided we're going to focus as to what happens on the track. And for for all of us that sat here, know the larger story is that mm-hmm. maybe the one revelation of the, the the series is that there wasn't so much that we kind of already knew or kind of picked up from that we could kind of connect the dots um, based on what we kind of knew already. And they just kind of stuck to the, I don't want to say the smaller story, but just what happened on the track and none of the, the, the broader, say, politics and the sporting questions that came up afterwards. I think if, you know, you were locked into season four, of drive to survive and you were you were turning into a fan you know i th- i think there's nothing stopping you from using google and just mm. like figuring out the backstory on the back end of it now maybe that's what these producers were were thinking maybe not maybe they just didn't even have the time to put it together so they could get it to air that was the other thing that i was considering too because i had the same thoughts as well where it was kind of like wow you have you have so much off season I guess you could call it turmoil and you're not right. really showing that in there. So at what point do you show it? Like, do you show it maybe at the start of season five, if they go on to do a season five, which we don't know is confirmed at this point. And how do you do it? Like, how do you show it to make it somewhat relevant? But mm-hmm. it's such a, such a fine line because as yeah. Uh, yeah, as you guys know, we don't know what these producers are, were up against to yep. like get this finished product to air, right? And we don't also know like the red tape. Maybe they had to kind of cut through just to get certain things onto the TV because I feel with season four, it felt more um, censorized. I don't know if that's not any words. It felt it felt very censored in the way sanitized. Or if you go back to. Yeah, if you go back to like season one, it was a little more fruitful, right? Like it was kind of spicy, some of the stuff that was in there. And then mm-hmm. season two was still kind of there. And then season three, it got watered down a little bit until we got the Roman Grosjean, Sergio Perez episode. Yep. And then after that, coming into this season, I, I felt like we didn't really get, like we didn't really get any good stuff. Like the the really great stuff that stands out to me the most is the Haas episode mm-hmm. the in the Williams episode those are two of my of my favorites because um they were just real like you actually got a lot of great insight information it was great to see Claire Williams again yep it was great to hear from her like we didn't even really get to hear from her uh in in season three when she sold the team like we didn't we didn't get that we got this great insight into like Doralton capital and and you know when they're talking about their driver lineup for 2022 are they gonna have George are they not gonna have George right mm-hmm. like all that stuff to me was was really really fascinating and I thought they did a really good job and then you kind of look at all these other sort of episodes and they just kind of like well kind of a little bit of this a little bit of that I mean we don't really you know, Charlotte Claire is like, there's my old school. And I'm like, uh, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I was glad to see that they did focus more on Williams. Uh, I thought uh, that uh, Yas Capito, I guess yeah, that's what he say calls pronounces Capito. I think uh, I've been calling Capito. So there you go. Kind of good to hear it from the you know the horse's mouth, so to speak. But it was it was good to see that, and it was good to to see a lot of that historical footage. Although I thought that they when they were showing some of like the the world champions of Williams, I thought there was a, a couple of uh, well, there was one obvious miss. They didn't uh, in that sort of collage or montage. I don't think I recalled seeing a Mansell in there. We saw Rosberg, we saw Piquet, we saw Prost, we saw Senna, although he didn't win the championship win them. We saw Jacques, we saw Damon, we even saw some uh, Juan Pablo Montoya. But it was cool to see, and uh, I, I thought it was cool. I, I would have liked to see a little bit more, more of Nicky. I mean, you know, and we're, we're obviously homers when it comes to the Canadian boys, but it was good to to see there. But what I would have loved to, to, to see, and maybe it's a bit of a trigger for, for Nicky, was just the aftermath. Like, just his his reaction to the accident at Yas Marina. I know there was a lot of crap that he had to deal with afterwards and he had to take uh, precautions you know to protect himself personally so maybe it's not somewhere you want to go but it would have been it would have been timely if they're able to get him right after the race you know happened within a day or so or even and just to sit him down and just uh and and, and get his reaction to it because it was such uh yeah, it was such a, an important, crucial moment. And though he didn't figure in the the outcome of the race, it was his his shunts that uh, led to to all of that. But uh, again, hindsight is twenty twenty. I just want to add. Yeah, jump in. Well, yeah, yeah. Just while we're talking about the Williams piece, because I, I'd written this down, but it wasn't kind of my real take when it came to something that was a, kind of a surprising revelation. But yep. I do agree with both of you that I think the Netflix producers did a really good job of giving Williams their flowers because yep. last year there it was kind of unceremonious, right? The, mm-hmm. the departure of Claire and Frank Williams, they're gone. There's this venture capitalist company, Dalton's in, who knows what their intentions are. But I left, I left this season feeling really good about Williams past. And I felt really good about Williams present. I mm. just, it made, it, it reinforced, I think, all of the great things that Yost and Dalton are doing with that team. I feel really good about where that team was, and I, I think they deserve their flowers. But I think the one thing, just from a, hey, what's one of the things that you kind of took away? And I think a lot of people probably would have laughed this off because it's Yuki being Yuki. But <laughs> I was really... And and Tim, you're probably going to appreciate this because you're an NBA guy too. But back in the late 90s, there was a ton of these guys that are coming into the NBA straight out of high school. And the teams were not surrounding them with the right people to help their personal development. And all of these guys were coming in. They were these five-star recruits and they were flaming out because they weren't surrounded with the right people. And I, I looked at Yuki and they talked about the fact that, hey, despite the fact that his team's based in Italy, they stuck him in Milton Keynes, which is where the Red Bull family is. And they basically just let him run wild. And it's not like this is a guy that's going clubbing because Milton Keynes is admittedly the most boring city in the UK, but they basically left him to his... Yeah, <laughs> they basically left him to his own devices. And there yeah. was that interesting moment where you have Christian Horner dictating to France, like, hey, he's going to Italy because he's going to the France finishing school. The point being, you need to get your thumb on this guy. And then they even showed that revelation of, of Yuki in Italy fighting and protesting over the fact that he has to exercise. I hate getting up in the morning. I hate exercising. Mm. I hate running. And then even some of the language in the card, I wrote this down because I thought it was really honest. There was that that moment to be on, I quote, to be honest, I'm not happy with this car. So unstable. It pisses me off. I hate <laughs> it. And the frequency that he swore. But I also thought it was interesting as well that they admitted that, hey, this is a guy who grew up in garages around mechanics and engineers. And that's where he learned his English from. <laughs> 
that's funny. I thought it was English that or interesting that they would reveal so openly and admittedly that Red Bull had mishandled this guy, that they brought him, they p- parked him right next to the Red Bull factory, had to push him away. But it also spoke to the greater relationship, that uncomfortable relationship between Alpha Tauri and Red Bull, that people that are new to the sport pick up on, but the people that I think have been around the sport for a long time take for granted that there's an uncomfortable marriage between those two teams. And Christian has an uncomfortable amount of control over what's happening at that sister team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very well said for sure. Very well said. I, I liked that. Like, I mean, you make a great point about Yuki and, and the fitness side of things. And, you know, the thing is, is that this guy has got to be an incredible, incredible talent. And now yeah, no that he's question. starting now that he's starting to get himself into shape Right. Because yeah. he's like he's competing at yep. the beginning of the year out of shape. Yes. That is, that is bonkers, man. That is absolute bonkers. <laughs> and so to for me, it, once this guy gets into his peak physical fitness, uh, let me tell you, his performances, I think, are going to be extremely impressive. And he's so, a yeah, great fantasy that. pickup. Put it that way. He is yeah, undervalued in the fantasy so. league. I agree. There you go. Good hint uh, for the uh, a good reminder for the uh, for the fantasy league that we're running in for tips as well. <laughs> so, guys, uh, let's take another quick break. We'll come back uh, in a moment and we'll continue to break down uh, season four of uh, Drive to Survive, and we'll do so in just a moment. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back uh, to the uh, the show. One final segment here to get our thoughts on the the latest drop of Drive to Survive. So I'm going to just throw it to you guys here. I, I've gone through a lot of the things that uh, that I wanted to, to 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 bring up. Mark, Tim, what were some of the things that uh, stood out for you? Mark, uh, you, you're sort of gesticulating there, like uh, so. Why, why don't you go? Well, I was first, pointing to Tim. I was okay. pointing to Tim, but I've got lots of points. <laughs> I I thought a couple of things. One. You know, I don't think anyone was going to be satisfied with the conclusion of this series. We talked about that a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm cool with it. And I'll be very honest. You know, I think there was an awful lot of people that claimed on social media and they announced that because of the outcome of that race, as as terrible as it was, you know, that they would never, ever engage with social media again. They were never going to watch a race. But every single social media engagement metric and all of our metrics for our podcast suggest that interest in Formula One has never been higher. So you know what? The outcome was unfortunate. It wasn't great. It wasn't manufactured. There was no plan. It was human error in an incredibly stressful moment. Mm -hmm. And I'm satisfied with the outcome of this series. I don't think it was the obligation or the responsibility of box-to-box films or Netflix to come up with some sort of narrative that ties all this together and explains what happened in the moment. I think they did a pretty good job. I think maybe the, the last moment that I would share, which is kind of tied into this though, is there's a moment at the very end, almost immediately after the race is concluded and Toto's in the garage and he's radioing into to, to Michael Massey. And he's like, you know what, my Massey, he's like, and I quote, you need to reinstate the lap before that's hmm. not right. And Massey, we all know these words. He's like, Toto, it's called a motor race. Okay. But what we didn't see before this was, was Toto's reaction because he doesn't actually hear him. And it takes somebody in the garage to lean over to Toto and tell him what was said. And the look the look on on Toto's face when he realizes what was just said to him on the radio was just priceless. And it was one of these moments that you need a documentary type presentation to capture because the look on his face and the look in his eyes when he realizes that he's basically just been brushed off, brushed off by the race director in that moment was just, it was 
again, I, I'm a Lewis fan. It was priceless from a film perspective, just being able to capture the rawness and yeah. the pain in that moment. But I thought that was very, very interesting. Tim, what about That's, you? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point that you make. I mean, getting to know Total Wolf over the past, you know, few, few seasons and uh, as what I know from Toto is he's a very honorable man. And I think he, he wants things that are, he doesn't mind a hard battle, but he wants it to be fair. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think those words that were said to him from Michael Massey and how all of this kind of went down in his mind. And he's right. It just is. It's not fair. Like it's not, not it's the, the rules were, were broken clearly. Yep. And I think for him and his integrity, that's not how he plays, right? And I, I don't know how he does his business outside of that, but in terms of the sporting competition, I think for him, he's a, he's a very proud guy for sure, but I think he just wants things to be done fair, 50-50 on each side, right? If you're going to mm -hmm. give us a penalty, then you should give them a penalty too if they're in the wrong the next time they're in the wrong, right? Only makes sense. And that's kind of how a little bit of that season in 2021 kind of went down. So yep. yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. That was, that's a good point, Hammy. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't really like think too much. I was too busy writing notes, but I didn't really think too much <laughs> about that scene until you actually mentioned it. And I thought, thought about it. Right. And it just, it got me thinking about, you know, the man uh, who is total wolf. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the one of the parts that actually stood out for me, and it's it's really it's a really small part, but I think it shows you what the show could could be. And it's when uh, Toto actually takes a call from James Vowles when they're driving into uh, Silverstone oh, yes. for the yep. Grand Prix, and James is explaining to Toto how they need to talk to Valtteri about hey, like it's all about the championship now, and if we yep. need you to kind of move aside you know, we should do that and how they were going to talk to Valtteri about it and how they were going to approach the situation because that's actually audio straight from, from Toto's phone. Like they, I think have him, he's either mic'd up or they have a directional mic that's pointing at Toto in the car mm -hmm. and they're picking up the, the audio that's coming, coming through the, the cell phone itself. Now, these are those little tiny things that I'm talking about that could make this show. Like it's good. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not sitting here, and all my criticisms about the show. I mean, these are, I'm literally just like nitpicking at this point, right? Like I'm not really going full into like this show sucks. This is a great show, but it could be excellent yeah. if they would just really lean into those things and lean into like those Daniel Ricardo stories and kind of, I think, take a risk at some points, right? Like guys, in all honesty, do you think we really needed to see the battle for third in a constructor standings? Like, honestly, if you, if you really go back and you think about season four and what you just watched, do yeah. you really need to see that? Well, not last year, because that, that uh, third place in the constructors was decided races before we got to Abu Dhabi, right? It wasn't like exactly. it came down to the end. I mean, it was clear at some point, like that separation between Ferrari and McLaren, it happened and it was over. And yeah, I mean, it was an interesting point at the time, but as as the season went on, it uh, became, yeah, well, it wasn't a non-factor, but the, the interest, it, it just fizzled out. Let's just put it yeah, that exactly. way, right? So it didn't... So, but you've yeah. got... But then you've got like Esteban Ocon, right? Who's who wins this incredible race yeah. in uh, Hungary, it, and it kind of just it it felt like they kind of just brushed over it. Like I know they showed it, but I mean, yeah, 
there's so much that kind of went into him getting that right and him getting that seat at Alpine and uh, Renault and then Alpine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so much to his backstory too, that I think you kind of need to, you need to dredge that up. You gotta, you gotta get it out. You gotta, you gotta get it out there. So people understand like what this guy's got gone through to get to where he is. And he's finally got a win. And it's kind of like, I, I just feel like there's little things like that. that were, that were missed opportunities. And uh, that's why I'm always like, yeah, you know, this was my favorite episode or this is my favorite episode. But then when we go to episode two, I'm like, I don't really need episode two, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just don't because they didn't stick totally. with the, the totally. one, the one thing that they had with Daniel Ricardo. It's like, a, you know, that was an intriguing story. I mean, we, I kind of wanted to see and hear a little bit more about that and the backstory and the hardships and what he's had to go through and what it's like not having his family around. You know, I, I want to know those things. And yeah, I just think there's little things like that, but all in all, I think, um, what they've done here is incredible with the turnaround time that they've had to get this thing out onto, onto TV. And it's pretty magnificent the amount of work uh, that had to go in to making this just to get all the right audio, get to all the right sound bits. Obviously, some of them are misrepresented and they're from other places that they've kind of sprinkled them throughout, but I guess that helps <laughs> dramatize it. And again, right, is this, this is more, I guess, of an, entertainment style documentary sports series, right? It's not like a documentary or a docu-series. It's, it has a lot of entertainment in it, which is oh, fine. Definitely. I'm cool yeah. with that. Yeah. I'm really cool with that. And I think like, if you're, if you're not a, if you're not like a hardcore formula one or racing fan, you're going to absolutely love drive to survive. If you're a hardcore racing fan, you're going to like drive to survive. You're not going to love it, but you're actually going to, you're going to like it. It's worth, it's worth your time. That's totally. for sure. That's what I'll say. Yeah. One, one point I'll make real quick, Mark. I, and I know we've got to go here. No, quick, I was going to say, Mark, why our, didn't you take the last, uh, the, why didn't you have the last thought I, here? Perfect. I actually think this is a great way to close the podcast in our summary of Drive to Survive. But one of our listeners actually posted or tweeted something at me that I thought was really interesting. And his point was, we've been talking so much about Generation DTS, this this huge influx of predominantly American and Canadian fans that have come into the sport through Drive to Survive. His point, and I thought this was really fascinating, is that this is the first time that most of those fans have watched an entire championship's as it's unfolded and Good then point. gone and revisited it through drive to survive in the past, they've digested those championships first through drive to survive. And then maybe they've gone back and visited some of the races. So it's been really interesting to see what the feedback of a lot of these fans has been that, Hey, I watched that championship live and now I've seen drive to survive. And I'm picking up on a couple of different cues. Some of which you just spoke to Tim, like audio clips that are magically appearing out of order or out of a, out of race sequence. Like that, that's interesting, but it is, it is, it is interesting. And I don't think any of us can complain about the existence of this product. It's done so much for us by driving so many new folks into our program. Tim, I'm sure it's done the exact same thing for you. And I think if we were sitting here five years ago and we said, Hey, five years from now, you guys are going to be sitting here breaking down a 10 part 4k Netflix docuseries about the 2021 formula one championship. None of us would have believed it. (laughs) None of us would have believed it. So we're in a great place. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's a great point that you make. If you guys were to give this, let's just, okay. If you guys were to give this a score out of 10, what would you give it daily? I would give it 
eight tires out of ten tires, or do I go gears, <laughs> steering wheels? I'm, trying, I'm going to go eight. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. I, I I liked it. I thought it was really good, not great, but uh, overall, I really enjoyed it, and I would recommend it to, to anybody to go check it out. Like like Tim said, if you if you're new to it, you're going to love it. If you're hardcore like we are, you're going to like it. You're going to like it a lot, but you're going to pick up and and nitpick, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Mm-hmm. What about you guys, Tim? Yeah. So I would say in terms of presentation, like the technical side of this, a hundred percent. So they get five tires just for that. And I would say in recreating the experience. Yeah, I'm getting there. I would say (laughs) out of recreating the experience and putting together a compelling 10 part package of the season, I would say probably 60%. So overall five tires for presentation, three tires for um, putting together the narrative. So eight out of 10 all all together. Cool. All right. I, I, uh, I'm with, I, damn it. You guys, I was, I'm with you. On all that. <laughs> I, I, I was going to give it eight Pirelli tire. Oh crap. Can I say Pirelli on here? Is that cool? Are we good with Pirelli tires? As long as they come back and sponsor the show. Bridgestone, <laughs> this is a Bridgestone podcast. <laughs> Toyo. Uh, I was going to give it, yeah, I was going to give it eight tires out of 10 for sure. I mean, I thought, cool. um, yeah. like I'd said before, you know, there's a lot of really great stuff in here. And there's a lot of eh, things I don't really need. The production value is incredible for me. I absolutely love it. I love the editing. I love the sound mixing. Like when a car slides into gravel, you don't hear the gravel. And they found a way of making you feel like that car is getting hit by gravel. And I'm like, that is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, totally. Guys, well, thanks so much for for doing this tonight. Before we go, uh, Tim, let everybody that's uh, listening where they can uh, check you out. Yeah, so TSN Racing Pod, you can get that uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can also stream it on tsn.ca slash tsn-racing-pod. Uh, if you want more from me, I'm on social media everywhere at Tim Haraney. And uh, yeah, got some fun stuff coming out later this week on, on SportsCenter. And I'm really excited, guys, for uh, the 2022 season. That's can't for sure. wait. I can't wait. It's like Christmas Eve all over again, but uh, for, for Formula One. So, Tim, thanks for, for dropping by. It's uh, been uh, fun as always. Can't, can't wait to get back to racing. Can't wait to, to do more shows uh, like this uh, with you uh, again uh, throughout the year. And again, uh, if you want to follow us, uh, we're on Twitter at ScooterF1Pod. And you can email us at ScooterF1Pod at gmail.com. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're everywhere else. And that's it. That's a wrap. We'll be back in a couple of days with our season preview. Yes, we're there. Can't wait to to get racing. And that's it. That's a wrap from us. Take care. We'll talk to you guys again very, very soon. Bye for now.